hopefully not too disappointed expecting Andy and uh, getting me, but we're going to have a good time together. So before we open up God's Word, let's spend some time in prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we're here to worship you because you alone are worthy of our worship and love and obedience. We're so thankful that when we were lost, you found us. And when we were blind, you opened our eyes and you softened our hearts and you've drawn us to yourself. Thank you. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for giving us your spirit. Thank you for a place to gather and worship you today. Thank you for food to eat and, and clothes to wear and for the religious freedom we have. We have so much to be thankful for. We do pray for Andy and for Parker and, and Durango. Pray that they would be an encouragement to your church. And your church there would be an encouragement to Parker and Andy and to us. Thank you that we can partner around the world to see the gospel preached and churches planted. <clears throat> we come as a needy people. You know our needs. Financial needs that keep us up at night, health challenges, relational struggles. We need you. Meet us at our place of need. As we open your word together today, we pray you would forgive the one who speaks for his sins are many, and you would help us to see Jesus. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. This morning, the point of the message we're going to be learning is that Jesus is returning. Uh, Jesus is returning, and I, I want you to understand that, that I love sports, uh, but sometimes if I'm watching a team that I really care about, like watching the Gators play, I'm way too emotionally involved in the game, and I'm sure I've lost years off my life because I'm just so into it. But sometimes I'm not able to watch the games, and I record the games. And um, listen, when I record a game and my team loses, I don't watch it. <laughs> but when they win, it's, it's so much more enjoyable to watch a game when you know how it ends, isn't it? I mean, if there was an interception or a fumble, no big deal, no big deal. It's okay, it's okay. I know how it ends. We win. Oh, I have read the book. I've read the book, and I want you to know, in the end, we're on the winning team. We are, aren't you? I think we can clap for that. I mean, do you ever get discouraged? You look around us and it seems like it's just going in the wrong direction and you're wondering, listen, I've read the book. I know how it ends. Jesus is returning. Jesus wins and we're on the winning team. So I want to encourage you today. I want, if you're discouraged, I want to encourage you today that Jesus is returning. And, and when we understand that, it gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. So if you could use some strength for today, if you could use some hope for tomorrow, you're in the right place. We're glad you're here. If you're, if you're new, uh, this year we've been walking through the Gospel of Mark together. Uh, we've been getting to know Jesus together. And if you would like to join us, we'd love to have you join us as we get to know Jesus together. We're in Mark 13. And what we've learned this year is that Jesus loves us. Jesus loves us. Jesus is headed to the cross. He's headed to the cross to save us. But as he's headed to the cross, he's bringing with him his apostles. And he's training them and he's training us of how we can partner with him to bring the gospel to all the nations. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Mark 13. 
If you don't, you can follow on the screens. <clears throat> and I want you to know it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday of the last week of Jesus' life. It's often called Passion Week or Holy Week. It's Tuesday. On Friday, on Friday, Jesus will be on the cross. This is Tuesday. Jesus is teaching them and us something really, really important. Jesus is returning. Starting in verse 1, as he, Jesus, was going out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, behold what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. Jesus said, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left upon another which will not be torn down. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew were questioning him privately. Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign when all these things are going to be fulfilled? And Jesus began to say to them, see to it that no one misleads you. Let me help you a little bit. They left the temple, they left Jerusalem, they walked about, they walked about a half mile from Jerusalem northeast. See the Mount of Olives? Now, now listen to this, this is really interesting. The, the Mount Jerusalem was about 2474, so a little over 2400 feet. Why the Mount of Olives was 2710. So the Mount of Olives, when you were on the Mount of Olives, you looked down into Jerusalem, across the valley, about a half mile. This is a little bit of what the view would look like. This is what it would look like today if it, when you're looking down into Jerusalem. But at that time, what you would have seen was the temple. This is just a model of the temple. The temple was huge. It was 300 meters in one direction by 450 meters in the other direction. Okay, what's that? Three football fields in one direction, four and a half in another, and it would have been 100 feet high. It was made of white marble and gold. It was magnificent, and the disciples asked Jesus, how could this building, it was unimaginable to them, that a building that was this huge and this magnificent would ever be torn down. When is this going to happen? And uh, so Jesus, you know, when is the building going to be torn down? And when are you coming back? And so Jesus is answering their questions. He's letting them know that many, many difficult things are going to happen on earth. Many difficult things are going to happen before he returns, including the destruction of the temple. Um, but he wanted them to know that Jesus is returning. The return of Jesus is one of the major doctrines in the New Testament. It's spoken of over 300 times in the New Testament. Over 300 times in the New Testament, it speaks about the return of Jesus. One out of every 13 verses in the New Testament refers to his return. It's spoken of as the day and that day. In the New Testament, there's only two days. Only two days. You know what they are, don't you? There is today and there's that day. And in the New Testament, we're to live this day in light of that day. And so this morning, we're going to begin to explore this major doctrine of the New Testament that Jesus is returning. But to understand Jesus' return, we need to understand the Bible as a whole. The Bible as a whole, and the Bible is one story. It's one story. The story of the Bible is the gospel that Jesus seeks and saves. Uh, it, it's not a collection of, of self-help tips. 
It's not a collection of unrelated stories. It's all one great story. So let me walk you through the story. Chapter 1 is really important. It's creation. Where did everything come from? God made everything. And God created everything, and everything was good. And listen to this. God walked with man on earth, and it was paradise. There was a time God walked with man on earth in paradise. And of course, you then say, well, what happened? Well, chapter 2 is the fall that our first parents sinned against God, and their sin and our sin wrecked all of creation. So all of creation has been wrecked. Sin came into the world, and suffering, and death, and earthquakes, and hurricanes, and, and sand spurs. Everything was wrecked. And then we say, well, why doesn't God do something? Why doesn't God do something? That's chapter 3. That's redemption, that Jesus came to seek and save sinners. Right here in Mark 13, this is chapter 3. Jesus is on earth, headed to the cross to redeem us. But I want you to know that history is moving toward chapter 4. Chapter 4 is consummation. Consummation is Jesus is returning. He's coming back. And when he comes back, he's going to undo everything that sin has wrecked, and he's going to make all things new. And one day in the future, God will one day again walk on earth with man in paradise. One story, one story, creation, fall, redemption, consummation. And because it's a major doctrine in the New Testament, we're going to spend the next three weeks looking at the same chapter. <clears throat> Today, the, the series is called The End Times. Today, we're going to look at what you need to know. We're going to read through this chapter, and then I'm going to come back and give you a few things you need to know about the return of Christ. And then next week, we're going to come back, look at the same verses, and look at how it should change you. And then we're going to come back the third week and read this passage and look at the new heavens and the new earth. And we're going to spend a little bit of time just thinking about where we're headed and what God has in store for us. So, let's read the chapter and let me point out a few things about what you need to know. Jesus began to say to them, See to it that no one misleads you. Many will come in my name saying, I am he, and will mislead many. Jesus says before he comes back, there will be deceivers and people will be deceived. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be frightened. These things must take place, but that is not yet the end. For nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will also be famines. These things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Sound familiar? Jesus said there will be difficult things that happen before he returns. There will be wars, rumors of war, natural disasters. But be on your guard, for they will deliver you to the courts, and you will be flogged in the synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them. You're going to be persecuted before he returns. And by the way, if you do the study this week, and you read through the book of Acts, you can see that exactly what Jesus said is exactly what happened, how the apostles stood before governors and kings for his sake. 
The gospel must be preached to, the whole, to all the nations. And we have a mission to accomplish before Jesus returns to, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And that's why Andy and Parker are in Durango today. When they arrest you and hand you over, do not worry beforehand about what you are to say. Whatever is given to you in that hour, for it is not you who speaks, but it is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit to carry out our mission. Brother will betray brother to death, and a fatherless child and children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. We shouldn't be surprised when we're hated. Jesus said before he returns that we would be hated by all because of his name. But when you see the abomination of desolation standing where it should not be, let the reader understand, then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. The one who is on the housetop must not go down or go in to get anything out of his house. And the one who is in the field must not turn back to get his cloak. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babes in those days, but pray that it may not happen in the winter. In 70 AD, the Roman army surrounded Jerusalem and uh, Jewish people went into Jerusalem and the Roman armies destroyed Jerusalem and they destroyed the temple. The temple was torn down. But Christians remembered what Jesus said that when, the, when Rome came that they were to flee and they fled when Rome came and they survived. For those, days, for those days will be a time of tribulation such as has not occurred since the beginning of the creation which God created until now and will never be. Unless the Lord had shortened those days, no life would have been saved, but for the sake of the elect whom he chose, he shortened the days. And then if anyone says to you, Bull, here is the Christ, or behold, he is there, do not believe him, for false Christ and false prophets will arise and will show signs and wonders in order to lead astray, if possible, the elect. But take heed, behold, I have told you everything in advance. Jesus says, I've told you what to expect before I return. But in those days after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers that are in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send forth the angels and will gather together his elect from the four winds, from the farthest end of the earth to the farthest end of heaven. Now learn the parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth its leaves, that you know that summer is near. Even so, you too, when you see these things happening, recognize that he is near, right at the door. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. Take heed. Keep on the alert. For you do not know when the appointed time will come. It is like a man away on a journey 
who upon leaving his house and putting his slaves in charge, assigning to each one his task, also commanded the doorkeeper to stay on the alert. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening, at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, in case he should come suddenly and find you asleep. What I say to you, I say to all, be on the alert. Jesus is returning. Jesus is returning. Now, here's what you need to know. When? When is Jesus returning? He's returning soon. He's returning soon. The Bible teaches that Jesus is returning soon. Verse 29, even so you too, when you see these things happening, when you see earthquakes and tornadoes, when you see persecution of my people, when you see these things happening, recognize that he is near right at the door. His return is soon. But though it's soon, no one, will, no one knows when it will be. Verse 32, but of that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. Jesus is fully God and fully man, and in his humanity, he was saying in his humanity, not even he knew, only the Father knows. So, when you meet someone and they tell you they figured it out, they figured it out and they know when Jesus is coming back, you know what you're supposed to do, don't you? What? What? Run! You run, you know why? Because Jesus said what? No one would know. Uh, back in the last century, someone wrote a book, and it was uh, 88 Reasons Jesus is Coming Back in 1988. And you know, people bought the book. And even, wor and even worse than that, they bought the sequel to that. <laughs> they bought 99 Reasons He's Coming Back in 1999. When is Jesus coming? He's coming soon. But if anyone tells you they've figured it out, Run. Because Jesus said no one would know. How does the Bible end? The next to the last verse of the Bible, Jesus says, he was testifying to these things. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming. What? Quickly. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Every day of our lives, we need to remember, when is he coming? Soon. It could be today. So when is he coming? Soon. How is he coming? When he comes, he's going to come in power and glory. His return will be very different from his coming the first time. When Jesus came the first time, his power and his glory were veiled. Only a few people knew. But when he comes the second time, everyone will know. Then they, then they, everyone, then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. When Jesus comes back, his power uh, as God, his glory will be unveiled and everyone will see. And then he will gather, send forth the angels and will gather together his elect from the four winds, from the four, farthest end of the earth to the farthest end of heaven. When Jesus comes in power and glory, he's going to gather to himself his church from earth. All those on earth will be caught up to be with him when he returns. And he's going to bring with him all those that have died in Christ. They're all going to come with him 
his return will be in power and glory, and everyone will know. We don't have circuses anymore in America, but there was a time we had a circus in America, circuses. And, and if you ever went to a circus, there was this magical moment in a circus when the elephants entered the tent. And when the elephants entered the tent, nobody said, here come the elephants. Do you know why? Because when the elephants entered the tent, what? Everybody knew, right? Everybody knew. And when Jesus enters the tent, everyone's going to know. Everyone's going to see. Everyone is going to hear. Jesus is going to return in power and glory. And we read this in Revelation 1, 7. Behold, he is coming with the clouds. Every time I'm driving down the road and I see the clouds, and you see the clouds in Florida, don't you? And I see the clouds, I think it could be today. He's coming with the clouds. Of course, after the first service, someone came out, looked around, said, Smiley, he's not coming today. No clouds. But notice, behold, he is coming with the clouds. And help me, who will see him? Every eye will see him. When Jesus comes again, every eye will see him. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. And when he comes, those who are unprepared will weep. And those who are prepared and know him will rejoice. What if he were to come today? Would it be a day of rejoicing for you? When is he coming soon? <clears throat> How is he coming in power and glory? Why is he coming? Why is Jesus returning? Then they will see the Son of Man coming <clears throat> uh, in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send forth the angels and will gather together his elect from the four winds, from the farthest end of the earth to the farthest end of heaven. Jesus is coming to judge the earth and to establish the final state of things. When Jesus returns, all the people who have ever lived will be raised bodily from the grave. Everyone will be raised from the grave. And all will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And those who were unprepared, and those who die uh, uh, in their sins, will be cast body and spirit into hell forever. And those who knew Christ, those who put their trust in Christ, those who believe in Christ, they will be given new bodies and they will live forever with Jesus. And you know where we're going to live forever? On earth. Heaven. Heaven is where God dwells. And one day, heaven is going to come to earth. And once again, God will dwell on earth with men and it will be paradise. One day, Everything sad and broken on earth will all of a sudden become untrue. And everything beautiful and wonderful that we love about earth will be there. And God will dwell with us on earth forever. Jesus is returning. When? Soon. How will he return in power and glory? Why will he return? Listen to 
to judge the world and to establish the final state of things. That's what you need to know. And here's what you need to do. Here's the action step that for this week. What I want you to do is to be prepared yourself, to be prepared for that day because that day is coming. The amount of preparation we put into an event should be in direct proportion to the certainty of that event. The amount of preparation we put into an event should be in direct proportion to the certainty of that event. Over 300 times in the New Testament, it speaks about that day. The day is coming. Be prepared. In this passage, listen to how many times it calls you to be prepared. Verse 5, see to it that no one misleads you. Be prepared. Verse 9, be on the, be on, be on your guard. Be prepared. The day is coming. Verse 23, but take heed. Listen, be prepared. It's coming. Behold, I've told you everything in advance. Verse 33, take heed. Keep on the alert. Be prepared. The day is coming. What if it were today? Are you prepared? For you do not know when the appointed time will come. It is like a man away on a journey who upon leaving his house and putting his slaves in charge, assigning to each one his task, also commanded the doorkeeper to stay on the alert. Stay alert. It could be today. Uh, Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening at midnight or when the, master, or when the rooster crows or in the morning in case he should come suddenly and find you asleep. What I say to you, I say to all, be on the alert. Dear people, Jesus is returning, and eternity is a long, long, long time. Be prepared. Be prepared yourself, will you? And and you say, well, how, how can I be prepared for that day? The first step to being prepared is we need to believe in Jesus We need to believe in Jesus. Do you? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. When Jesus comes back, some will perish forever and some will live forever. Oh, have you believed? Have you? Listen, here's the bad news of the gospel. We all have a problem called sin for all have sinned and falls short of the glory of God. What makes sin so bad is we've sinned against God. Sin isn't breaking rules, it's rebelling against God, and we have done and said and thought things against God over and over again, and we are in big trouble. We deserve God's wrath. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. God loves us. Jesus loves us so much that that Jesus, God the Son, left heaven, came to earth, lived a perfect life for us, and went to the cross. On the cross, Jesus took all of our sins, and he, the one who knew no sin, became sin, and he paid in full the penalty for our sins on the cross, crying out, it is finished, paid in full. And he rose on the third day, proving he had conquered sin and death, and he offers us eternal life. He offers to forgive all of our sins 
He offers to give us an abundant life now. He offers us the chance to do life with Him. He says if we believe in Him on that day, on that judgment day, all of our sins will be forgiven and we'll be given His righteousness so that we can enjoy Him with new bodies on a new earth forever. And our part's very simple. It's to believe in Jesus. Have you? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. On that day when we stand before God, are you going to trust in your own good works? (laughs) Or are you going to trust in Jesus? Won't you trust in Jesus? Won't you believe in him? The good news, we love to say that believing in Jesus is as simple as A, B, C, that we admit and believe and commit. There was a day in my life where I admitted to Jesus that I had sinned against him and and I was sorry. And if you've never done that, won't you do that before you leave? Won't you admit, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. There was a day in my life where I believed in Jesus. I said, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And if you haven't, won't you do that today before you leave? And there was a day in my life where I committed my life to Jesus as Savior and Lord, saying, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior and forgive me and give me eternal life. And he did, won't you? And I said, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. (laughs) From this day forward, as you give me strength, I'll follow you. And man, I'm so glad I did. Won't you? Every one of us is forever. It's either going to be eternal life or eternal punishment. Won't you choose life? Won't you choose to believe? One day it'll be too late. Don't wait until it's too late. Believe in Jesus and live forever. How can we be prepared for that day? We believe in Jesus and then we abide in him. We abide in him. If you believe in Jesus, the the way we can be prepared for that day is to abide in him, to remain with him. Listen to this verse. Now, little children, if you believe in Jesus, now you're a child of God. So, So what are we to do to be ready? Now, little children, abide in him, remain in him, stay close to him, walk with him, hang on to him. Now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, when Jesus returns, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. And don't you want to be ready that day he comes? Don't, don't you want to be ready and not be ashamed? I know a lot of people, and they're trying to figure out the day Jesus is coming back because they figure they'll prepare that day. Listen, no one knows. A much better plan is what do we want to be doing when Jesus comes back? What do we want to be doing? And let's do that each day. And then whatever day he comes back, we'll be glad to see him come. Uh, Abide. I love that word, to abide, to remain, to continue. You believed in Jesus. Keep walking with him. Hang on to him. Don't let go. Jesus said there's going to be difficult days between today and the day he returns. Don't let go. Don't let go. Once Jesus was saying some rather difficult things to his followers, and a lot of them left. And Jesus said to to his disciples, are you guys going to go too? And some of you remember what Peter said. Remember what he said? He said, where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? You have words of eternal life. 
Man, once you know Jesus, you can't leave. Where are you going to go? Who else has words of eternal life? Oh, listen. To abide in Jesus, if we want to be ready when he comes, once we believe in Jesus, each one of us, we need to find a church home and we need to join it. And you say, why? Because Jesus said difficult days are going to come and we need to plant our feet in a church and say, man, I'm staying here because I want to be ready when Jesus comes. And when we join a church, there are practices that we need to cultivate if we want to be ready when Jesus comes. And worship is one of them. We want to make worship a priority, that every Sunday morning we gather to hear God's word because we want to be ready when he, when he returns. Now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. We want to practice worship. We want to be involved in a small group. It's so important that we gather each week with other Christians and encourage them, and we're encouraged. We remind them, Jesus is coming, be ready, and they remind us. Do you know why I love my small group? Because Jesus said we would be hated in our culture. If I walk out in the streets today and I say, Jesus is the only way to God, I will be hated. But you know when I gather with my small group on Sunday evening and I say that, listen, we're encouraged, we encourage each other. If I walk out today in our street and I say that marriage is the permanent union of one man and one woman, I will be hated. But when I gather in my small group, listen, we encourage one another. Jesus said that we're going to be hated by all. It's important we gather each week and are encouraged by people who believe like we do. It's important to cultivate the practice of getting up each day and spending time with Jesus in his word and prayer. And that's why we've produced the study for you. In the study, there is a place for you to spend time with Jesus personally, to wake up and spend time with him in the word and, uh, and in prayer. And the reason that's so important is one out of 13 verses in the New Testament deals with Jesus coming back, and it's important to get up and think it could be today. It could be today. It could be today. Listen, get up and, and read the word and pray the word, and then begin to share the word. The habits, listen, that we need to cultivate if we want to be ready and abide in Christ is we want to be in the habit of worshiping and, and being involved in small group and spending time with Jesus. And we want to cultivate the habit, too, of sharing Jesus with others because the more we share Jesus with others, the more real he becomes to us. When we share with others what we're learning, that helps us to abide in Christ and be ready. So this week, this week, why don't we all share with someone this week what we learned today in church, okay? This week sometime when we're with our friends, maybe we're having lunch, maybe we're talking, hey, could I share with you what we learned in church this week? And they'll say yes and say, here's what we learned. The Bible is one story and there's four chapters. There's creation and fall and redemption and consummation. And they're going to say what? What's that? Well, see, that's the whole story. Creation, God made us. The fall, we sinned against God and everything's wrecked. 
redemption. Jesus came to save us in consummation. One day, one day Jesus is coming back and there's going to be a new earth where everything broken and sad will become untrue. Wouldn't you like to live on an earth like that? See, I believe this week, I believe this week you're going to be with someone and they're going to say, man, our country is so divided and people are so angry. And that's your opportunity. Why not say, you ever wonder why? You ever wonder why people are so angry and divided? You ever wonder? You know what we learned in church on Sunday? We learn that we don't live in the world God created. That perfect world has been corrupted. And we learn that one day, one day there's going to be a new earth and everything sad and broken will become untrue. And I've got a reservation for that new earth. Do you? Oh, how many opportunities we will have this week to share with others what we learned today. I want you to know Jesus is returning. Jesus is returning. And Jesus said there's going to be some really hard times between now and then. And so I want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying you would believe in Jesus. I'm praying you would abide in Jesus so that whenever he returns, he finds you prepared. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for coming into this broken world. Thank you for living that perfect life for us and dying that death we deserve and rising so that we could have eternal life. Thank you. And listen, if you're here and you've prepared for all kinds of things, but you've not prepared to meet Jesus, you've not prepared for his return, won't you prepare today? If you've never believed in Jesus, won't you? He's here. Won't you admit to him, Jesus, I admit to you that I've sinned against you in many ways and I'm sorry. And won't you believe, won't you tell him, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And won't you admit, Jesus, I want you to be my savior and forgive me and, and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, if you've believed in him for the first time, mark it on your card. We'd love to celebrate with you. Lord, I pray for those of us who believe in you that we would abide in you, that we would find a church home. Lord, that we would make worship a priority. We would run to be here and we would run to small group and we would get up and spend time with you each day and we would go and share you with others. Lord, help us to abide in you so that on that day you return, you will find us prepared to meet you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.